0: Morning, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, Findlay Mayor Christina Mern shares her takeaways from the annual meeting of the Ohio Mayors Alliance, as well as a recap of 2023 and the outlook for a new year. Also this morning, in case you missed it, for some, the holiday season isn't merry and bright. We talk about how to manage the difficult emotions of a blue Christmas. The fact that Christmas is the most common time for deadly cardiac events. Underscores the importance of knowing hands only CPR. Tell you what you need to know. And they're coming from all over the country to fight like a girl at Findlay High School this week. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, December 21st, 2023. This is maybe the biggest news of the day. Uh, important stuff and uh, definitely want to make sure that you are aware of this. Um, reason to rejoice for the uh, American distillers industry. Jack Daniels is back on the boat to Europe. The <laughs> That's right. The U.S. and the European Union have agreed to extend a suspension of European tariffs on American whiskey. The agreement... Averts a 50% tax on the liquor that would have kicked in the first of the year. So thank goodness uh, cooler heads have prevailed. Europe slapped the tariff on our whiskey products in retaliation for a Trump era tariff on imported steel and aluminum. So that was the uh, tit for tat that was going on during the uh, tariff war. If you remember when all of that was was happening. But thank goodness cooler heads have prevailed. And now Jack Daniels uh, is on its way back to Europe. So very big news to uh, start with this morning. This also kind of interesting on the uh, newswire this morning. I don't know if this is a story that you have followed. It's not making huge national headlines, but I thought it was interesting, nonetheless. The state of Minnesota has replaced its state flag, we have a new state flag in Minnesota. Apparently, this has been an ongoing story in the North Star State for quite some time. Many people saw the old Minnesota state flag as racist because it depicted a Native American on horseback riding away from a white settler with a rifle, and the imagery was problematic for some people. The and I can see I can see why the concern I, Whether you agree or disagree, you can certainly see the point that maybe it's not the best imagery of Native Americans and white settlers. So the new flag eliminates that entirely. It depicts what they call the Star of the North, the North Star State. Um, And it, it kind of leans into that depiction of Minnesota. Uh, the uh, state symbol is the star of the north. It is it appears on a blue background, meant to evoke the Mississippi River, which flows through the eastern part. of the eastern part of the Minnesota or is it the western part? Anyway, Mississippi River uh, borders of Minnesota as well. And so, now is everyone finally happy with the state flag or the new state flag? No, of course not. Some are now insisting that the new flag does not represent all Minnesotans, and they charge that the new design was deliberately made to look like the flag of uh, Somalia. Uh, And it just so happens that Minnesota is home to some 86,000 Somali-Americans. And so some are saying that they were kind of bowing to the flag of Somalia with the new Minnesota flag as well. So there's a whole new controversy with it. I think what we are learning here is that no matter what you do, someone is not going to be happy. Number no one, you cannot make everyone happy. There's just no way to do it. And uh, so they're finding that out in Minnesota with their uh, state flag. I don't necessarily see the. I was looking at a at a photograph and uh, I. They're different enough that I don't know that the argument that it was made to look like the Somali flag is is a valid argument, although there are some casual resemblances, and I'm guessing that whoever it was designed the flag was aware that there are many thousand Somali Americans living in Minnesota to the extent that it looked like the Somali flag. Probably just a happy coincidence in some people's minds, but others are not so happy. You just can't make everyone happy. That's, the, that's what you learn uh, from all of this. Some of the other uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started here. More Americans heading back to the office now um, is one of the stories of 2023. The number of companies who were ordering their workers back to the office, putting an end to remote work. And as a result, more people, because there are more more of them heading back to the office, more are buying breakfast on the go. Uh, Morning meal purchases have risen 4% in the past year. Male consumers between the ages of 45 and 54 make up a sizable portion of fast food breakfast customers. This particular demographic, says here in this story, spends five times more on breakfast than the average consumer and accounts for 60% of breakfast sales. And uh, what are they buying? Coffee, pastries, donuts, and other baked goods. The demographic least likely to buy breakfast, Gen Zers. But when they do, those 18 to 24-year-olds opt for fast food joints instead of coffee chains. So kind of interesting. But overall, breakfast sales, breakfast meal purchases up 4% in the past year. Hmm, that's that's good news for the uh, fast food industry, to be sure. By the way, speaking of uh, going back to work during the pandemic, the other thing that has come back, in addition to um, breakfast purchases, the other thing that's come back, going into work, when maybe you really shouldn't. You remember during the pandemic when we were working from home, even those who weren't working from home all of the time got a pass when they were ill. You know that the mindset was if you are not feeling well, stay home. And a lot of medical experts cheered that mindset, saying that's exactly what we should do all the time. If you're not feeling well, stay home. Well, guess what? Now that Uh, bosses are wanting their workers back in the office. Um, We are returning to our habits of coming in whether we are sick or not. New report from Bloomberg notes a spike in the purchase of over-the-counter cough and cold medications amid the re-emergence of sick shaming at work. Long story short, with many former work-at-homers now back in their cubicles, they're feeling pressure to show up even if they are under the weather So they are relying on medicine to fend off not just their cough, but suspicious looks from their colleagues. On that point, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says Americans took fewer sick days in 2023 than they had in the previous two years. Bloomberg reports sales of upper respiratory over-the-counter medications are up 23% over the past year versus the same period pre-pandemic. Sales of cold and flu treatments up 30% for those whose sniffles and coughs are the result of seasonal allergies, sales of allergy treatments like Zyrtec and Benadryl and the decongestant Sudafed up 10% in 2023. A clinical pharmacist at the online pharmacy platform SingleCare tells Bloomberg for their story these cough and cold symptoms because there's so much overlap with the symptoms of COVID um, she warns against a knee-jerk reaction to using them since all medications carry side effects. Um, bottom line, if you are not feeling well, you still should stay home because the side effects of the medicines are more dangerous than the side eyes, uh, the side eye looks from your coworkers, and from your boss. But, uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. You knew that that would probably come back, right? That- When we head back to the office, that pressure to show up even when we are sick is going to come back as well. As opposed to the pandemic era mindset of if you're not feeling well, stay home. So kind of interesting uh, there. And um, one of the other uh, interesting stat lines here, again, as we put 2023 in the books, uh, we get all of these year end statistics. And we were talking yesterday About uh, drinking during the holidays, how dangerous that can be. Make sure that you don't drink and drive. and Although that was one of the stories we were talking about uh, yesterday. According to a new survey, more than 30% of Americans anticipate consuming five or more drinks on New Year's Eve. Uh, 60% of respondents say wine is the alcohol of choice for the holiday season, followed by mixed drinks. And why are we drinking during the holidays? Um, There are two main reasons. Number one, to loosen up and feel more comfortable socializing is number one. And to deal with difficult relatives is is number two. (laughs) The two reasons why you're you're drinking an average of five or more drinks. (laughs) Um, Five or more drinks New Year's Eve. Three alcoholic beverages per person over the Christmas holiday is the average. <laughs> uh, loosen up and socialize more and to deal with difficult relatives. In what is perhaps a related story here, 54% of Americans who do not have a home bar want one, according to a survey of 2,000 adults aged 21 and over. 38% say they already have a home bar. Uh, 54% who don't want one. Of those who do have a home bar, though, keep in mind the average person who has one spends about $785 on stocking it annually. So (laughs) if you want a home bar, be prepared uh, to uh, spend some pretty significant coin to keep it stocked. But you can better deal with your difficult relatives. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started.
1: WFIN News. I'm Matt Emchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Partly to mostly cloudy today. High in the low 40s. Partly cloudy tonight. Uh, low in the mid 30s. Ohio State Highway Patrol says a man wanted in Michigan was arrested in North Baltimore after a pursuit that began in Michigan. The Highway Patrol says it was advised that Michigan State Police were in pursuit of a possible homicide suspect on Interstate 75 and were southbound approaching the state line. Troopers deployed stop sticks multiple times during the pursuit but were unsuccessful and the pursuit continued southbound. The suspect vehicle eventually exited on State Route 18 in North Baltimore and pulled into the Love's Travel Stop. That's when the suspect fled on foot and troopers and law enforcement officers quickly took him into custody. He was identified as a 33-year-old out of Warren, Michigan. He was incarcerated at the Wood County Jail. Get more on our website. The Hancock County Veterans Service Office is getting the word out about their veterans' response team and is seeking veterans to help out with it. The veterans are being trained. They're being trained in uh, crisis intervention team training. They're being trained in battle buddy training and mental health first aid. Once they get this training, they get put on an on-call list, and they are allowed to come out with law enforcement. The initiative is being headed up by Daniel Harmon, an Army veteran and former Finley police officer. Learn more about the veterans' response team and the story on our website. The governor says he's happy with how Ohio's expedited pardon program has been operating.
2: That project was launched back in 2019 to simplify and expedite Ohio's lengthy pardon process. It is strictly for certain rehabilitated citizens who have consistently demonstrated that they've become contributing members of society.
1: ONN's Tracy Townsend reporting. Finley City Schools is reminding students and parents of the dates of winter break. The school district says winter break will run from Friday, December 22nd through Tuesday, January 2nd. The first day back for students will be Wednesday, January 3rd. For more important dates, we have a link to the Finley City Schools calendar in the story on our website. Don't forget, you can always get more news online at wfin.com. Matt check for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM.
0: Finley Mayor Christina Byrne is with us in the uh, studio this morning. It is a big day for you.
3: It is. You're going to get
0: uh, sworn in for uh, your second full term yeah, uh, as mayor later uh, today. So want to get to uh, more on that uh, coming up here in just a bit. But before we do... Uh, talk a little bit about the Ohio Mayor's Alliance. What uh, Last week, uh, the annual uh, meeting of the Ohio Mayor's Alliance, um, Correct. Yeah. your takeaways from that.
4: Yeah, so it's always a great meeting. You know, it's um, a lot of information condensed in, in a short period of time. So some of the topics that we discussed, um, Robert Sprague had been invited, wasn't able to attend, but um, would have loved to hear from him um senator sherrod brown came in and kind of talked about federal landscape policy things that the, his committees are working on next year in the past we've had a uh, congressman latta attend and senator portman attend we had intel present an update on their project and some of the ripple effect that we're seeing across this this date, as well as some of the initiatives that they mm-hmm. plan to continue to push forward and the partnership opportunities that there would be for communities across the
0: Is that something that uh, Findlay is poised to take advantage of?
4: Um, Yeah. So it's it's very interesting, right? Because right now it's focused a lot on the construction aspects of it. It's going to be a long build. And Mm -hmm. I think some of our local firms are supporting that construction effort in various ways. And then obviously, as we look, there's opportunities for supplier contracts, uh, partnership opportunities with some of our Japanese uh, companies as well as many others. So we are definitely a part of those conversations and, and trying to make those connections and, and see how we may leverage this opportunity. Because that
0: is a huge investment. And uh, since the uh, initial uh, plant uh, construction was uh, announced, they've announced other uh, construction projects, other projects in the state of Ohio as well. Correct. So this has the potential to be a huge Uh, influx of uh, tech dollars into the state of Ohio as a whole.
4: Correct. You know, I think the governor's leadership and securing this and certainly our former mayor's involvement in in Mm -hmm. bringing this to Ohio, we're going to see the impact, I think, it's not extremely clear on what that will specifically look like but i think that there's a lot of opportunities and we're going to continue to make sure that finley's at the table yeah
0: um, so as we get a little bit closer that'll sort of flesh itself out mm-hmm. i always I, I wonder too with uh, gatherings like the ohio mayors alliance i mean you know finley is well known as the top micropolitan <laughs> area in the us how much do you take away from these gatherings with the Ohio? Ohio Mayor's Alliance, to a certain extent with the U.S. Conference of Mayors and so on. Mm -hmm. How much of of that do others take away from us?
4: Oh, yeah. So I think there's definitely give and take, right? I feel like I, being at the table, I have a different perspective. I can share our success stories, how we've set ourselves up to get there, some of the failures that we experienced. Um, and then I have opportunities to learn from other communities as well. Um, the U.S. Conference of Mayors, you know, it's it's a longer conference. Typically, there's breakout sessions. There's mm-hmm. typically more discussion. Right. And the Ohio Mayors Alliance, we definitely have a lot of um, discussion. We have a monthly coalition calls. We're definitely more engaged as a group throughout the year on advocacy and looking at things, you know, at the state level, um, positive and negative. On the annual meeting, we, you know, kind of review the year setup. up. We get, you know, policy updates for where, what's happening right now, if there are things we need to be watching for, you know, talking about the state capital budget, talking about the infrastructure dollars, the All Ohio Future Fund. Um, so a lot of it is actually hearing from outside organizations. We had Pat Tiberi from the Ohio Business Roundtable talking about what he's hearing from state business executives on, you know, challenges that they experience, things we can be doing as a state, as a community, national climate. Um, We also had ATF, uh, special agent in charge, um, come in and speak as well as the director of public safety for the state of Ohio, talking about, you know, um, things that they're working on, monitoring trends, challenges that they're seeing, um, you know, talking about House Bill 51 and making sure that that doesn't pass, because that would definitely have a negative impact on our community's abilities to partner with state and federal agencies. HB
0: 51 is, for those who don't yeah. know? I'm, yeah,
4: I forget okay. the specific title. You know, it's being presented by some as, you know, this uh, like secu- Second Amendment rights protection. Gotcha. Um, okay. Protecting state from not enforcing federal um, gun regulations. And though I understand the goal of it, I think that it would have some unintended consequences Consequences. Some of the language in the bill currently states that we would not be able to work with federal agencies. And, you know, we we have individuals or, you know, maybe a small crime is committed in Finley and we recover a gun, you know, on a traffic stop and we need to be able to communicate, hey, this into the federal database so Mm -hmm. that it may be tied to a crime in another state and that's done through federal agencies, whether it's FBI, you know, ATF. um, And so that's really important. So we had some conversation in that. It looks like the state legislature understands the complexities and hopefully we'll, we'll pump the brakes on that. Um, But also, you know, silly things that, uh, you know, I, we talked about preparing for the solar eclipse. A lot of planning is going into that. And from a state safety aspect, we're Mm -hmm. definitely monitoring that. So we had some conversation around that. Um, so it was it was a good time. Again, pretty brief. It was about twenty four hours of of meetings. You know, from mm-hmm. from we were in Columbus for about twenty four hours, um, but overall really good discussion.
0: <laughs> Uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, reflecting on 2023, looking ahead to 2024 as mentioned, uh, your next term, uh, begins here shortly, uh, yeah. later, uh, today, you're going to be later this morning. You're going to be uh, sworn in for that second term. What are you looking forward, uh, into 2024 in terms of what was accomplished in 2023? What's still on the table, uh, heading into the new year?
4: Yeah, I'm really excited for 2024. Obviously this, uh, first term has been interesting with a lot of different uh, challenges with COVID and a number of different things. Mm-hmm. I think though the team has worked through a lot of in minor things to sign to set us up for success. And I see 2024. I tell people uh, frequently that I feel like I am a person setting up dominoes to to make a big picture right, and you need to line them all up. And sometimes you have to pull one out so that the dominoes don't fall when you're not ready for them to. Or you need to set them up so that when they do get pushed, you know, they fall in the in the way that you want them to. And so I feel like our team has been doing a lot of good things just kind of operationally, um, you know, from – implementing a 10-year capital plan to bringing in some of those infrastructure dollars to putting our ARPA funds towards water infrastructure improvements, you know, moving forward with the design of the downtown recreation area. um, You know, we're continuing to focus on development, you know, with the mall. We've seen some good success there, and I think we're positioned well to continue to push that. And then I think there's a lot of great opportunity to continue to focus on the things that I've been focused on with flood mitigation is really primed to, to move the needle on that, with construction on hopefully Norfolk Southern phase two benching and the Eagle Creek Basin in the, you know, upcoming year. Um, moving forward with looking at housing development, I'm really proud of the team. Something, you know, that's important but also kind of goes under the radar is, you know, relieving, removing lead service lines. Um, and our city really was preemptive in getting those removed. And next year we will have, at this time, we have all the known lead service lines removed. And we do have a couple of unknowns that we'll be working to remove this next year. But a lot of things that I'm proud we've accomplished, and I think we're in a really good position going into the
0: year. Uh, biggest goal of 2024 for you and biggest challenge of
4: 2024? <laughs> um, you know, I don't have one overarching goal. Well, I, I guess, you know, to start moving forward, the strategic plan framework that we passed this past year, I really want to start um, showing how what we're doing aligns to that and continue to improve communications around how we're, um, you know, implementing what we heard from the public I think is a, is a big goal. Um, You know, a big challenge is always communication. um, But I think engaging more people in the vision for the city of Finley and hopefully helping cast that a little bit better of, where I see our community going, you know, we've had great success. How can we continue to to sharpen the sword and, you know, make sure that we are a premier community uh, for for our citizens today and citizens tomorrow.
0: Uh, again, uh, Finley Mayor Christina Mearn uh, with us this morning, kind of looking ahead to the coming year uh, in the city as she prepares to uh, enter second full term uh, as mayor. And uh, before we let you go, the biggest question that I think everybody that's on everybody's mind.
4: Oh,
0: boy. Uh, favorite Christmas movie.
4: Oh, the holiday, <laughs> the holiday. okay yes. all right. I'm not a Let's big see. repeat movie watcher, but that's okay. one that is that's always like my Christmas vacation. Like snuggle in and watch the holiday with <laughs> all a right. cup of tea. Yeah. I just wanted to.
0: I, I want to make sure that we get all of the important things in here. Favorite yes. uh, favorite yeah. Christmas song. Oh,
4: uh, oh, holy night. Oh, holy night.
0: yeah Okay. All right. uh Favorite Christmas tradition.
4: I think just spending time together. My, my family isn't like a huge, and we really aren't like a big tradition, like do all this. It's like get together and hang out.
0: That's, that's the easy <laughs> Yeah, answer. we're, we're that's really, the easy but answer.
4: it's the truth. A, <laughs> I don't know, uh, we're not that uh, real, fun, I guess. Real
0: tree or artificial tree?
4: So I love real trees. Used to have one, but my husband is OCD, so we have an artificial <laughs> tree.
0: <laughs> Best gift ever. Best gift. Little rapid fire Christmas I I
4: know, um, I feel like one of our like fun ones was my sisters. We all got Game Boy colors, and we all had a different color. And, and that's how our life was growing up, is we all had like a designated color. But um, I don't know. I yours really...
0: was what color? Purple.
4: Purple. Okay. Yes, yes. I think Great. my mom still buys us in, in color coordination. But my husband did get me the watch that I wanted last year. And um, so that that's a good one, because I use it every day. Oh, right? there you that's
0: go. That's fun. the uh, Mayor Christina Berg with us uh, this morning. Thanks very much for dropping by. Merry yes, Christmas. Happy Chris, New Year. To you as well. So here we are, just four days from the big day, and if you're not really feeling so holly jolly, that's okay. For some people, the holiday season is anything but merry and bright. And we're not just talking about the stress of the season which everyone kinda gets during this time of year. For some it can be downright depressing. And in case you missed it on the program, back right after Thanksgiving, the beginning of the holiday season, we spoke with Amber Wolfram with the Family Resource Center and Kathy Davis, Associate Pastor at St. Andrews United Methodist Church, about the challenge of managing the difficult emotions of a blue Christmas. Not only do you have the stress, but then people may be experiencing a loss. There may be other factors that that play into the holiday season. sometimes emphasizes what we don't have.
3: Exactly. And we also have to remember, not the the holiday uh, memories aren't always the most cheerful for some. Very true. And so we want to make sure that while we are are enjoying the company of others and enjoying the holiday season as much we can, that we're not losing sight that there are those among us that, mm-hmm. that need a little more support.
0: And I, I'm guessing that this is something that can build unto itself like a snowball. I mean, y- if you're not really feeling it, then you feel bad that you're not really feeling it, which can make you even more depressed. And, you
3: know. Well, you, you, you sometimes wonder, like, well, what's, what's different with me? What's wrong with yeah. me? Um, and we need to remember, first, we live in Ohio. Um, it got dark. <laughs> <laughs> Recently. That's right. um, and so we have that going on. It's getting cold. We're getting mm-hmm. a little more isolated. We're hurrying quickly to car and thing. We're not as connected. Mm-hmm. And so all of that kind of combines with, and one of the reasons why the date of December 21st is chosen is that is our darkest day of the year in the Ohio region. Mm-hmm. It's when we will have the least amount of light. So it's all put together in a way to say, we're here, we're supportive, we are not alone, and please come and join us.
0: The uh, 21st, you mentioned, is the date for the Blue Christmas service at St. Andrews. And uh, Kathy, talk a little bit about this.
2: This is something, Chris, that we started several years ago. And Blue Christmas, because it is blue for some. Mm-hmm. And people don't like to admit that. So we want to have a safe place for people to come and experience a low key, more subdued service where they can find that they're not alone. Yeah. That there's other people that feel just like them because we really are trying to reach everyone that is lonely, is depressed, is just having a tough time mm-hmm. for a a plethora of reasons.
0: How do you go about tackling those emotions when somebody comes to you and says, you know, I'm just not feeling it?
3: Well, I think first off, you know, we always tell people if if, um, you don't, if if something doesn't feel good or off or not just doesn't feel right inside, reach out. Mm -hmm. But people often forget it's hard to reach out. Um, And so in the support of the holidays, I often talk about the gift of presence. The gift of presence is when I ask you, how are you doing?" It's not a quick flyby, right? We're actually, when I ask, how are you doing? I'm, I'm really generally asking. So we're asking individuals to also reach in. So this might be a situation where you know someone that's struggling and they need more of a silent night than a deck the halls.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Come with them. Bring them to the Blue mm-hmm. Christmas Ceremony. Say, hey, I've heard about this. Because that's really, we, we're a herd and we heal in relationships. So this might be something that someone sees and says, oh, I would really like to go to that, but I don't want to go alone. This is where supports can be helpful.
0: The Blue Christmas Service uh, is not necessarily a fix-all or no. a solution. Mm-hmm. It's more of a starting point, I would imagine.
3: Well, for some, it's a starting point. For some, it's a continuation. I mm-hmm. mean, hope is always the message, no matter if if we're, you know, singing happy music or doing a nice contemplative service, mm-hmm. hope is still the message, and so it's just it's just given in a different way.
0: Uh, so this, as we mentioned, is happening on Thursday, December the twenty first. Give us the details. On
2: uh, this. Seven o'clock at St. Andrew's United Methodist Church, uh, downtown Finley. Uh The doors will open at six thirty. Come as you are.
0: And at the end of the day, through it all, there's still a message of hope, of comfort, yeah. of renewal, looking forward. and Definitely.
2: And kind of there's going to be some singing. There's going to be a short message on hope. Uh, there's going to be a time for people to come up and grab a blue Christmas bulb and write down maybe their loved one's hmm. name or uh, the reason that they're not feeling yeah. so merry and bright, yeah, uh, and they can hang it on the on the Christmas tree.
0: And I think through all of this, it, it maybe makes us all better to remember that there are those who are hurting for a variety of reasons. I mean, not mm-hmm. to take away from the joyousness of, of the of not. the holiday season, right. but to remember our friends, our neighbors, our loved ones who may be uh, struggling.
3: Well, and we often talk about, you know, gifts are time, talent, and treasure. Mm-hmm. So if you can give treasure, wonderful. But time is, I mean, think about how treasured time is now. So if we can give each other just a little bit of time and a little bit of space and grace. Race, to come together, that's that's the, a, a wonderful gift to share.
0: And I know we've talked about this uh, in the past as we come up on the holiday itself and all of the traditions and the things that go along with that. Um it's okay not to be okay and it's okay not to do something that no longer holds meaning or holds a negative uh, connotation yeah, for it, whatever reason. If
3: it doesn't feel honoring, you know, yeah. there's that great saying about how autumn and the leaves falling are showing us how beautiful it is to let go. Mm-hmm. So in preparing for winter, you know, the trees have to let stuff go in order to, to get ready and survive. Sometimes we have to let things go um, and it doesn't mean we have to be crude or mean about it. We just mm-hmm. need to say, it's just, I don't, I don't hold space. For that anymore. And we want to also emphasize on the 22nd, we gain an, a minute of light. And on the 23rd, we gain a minute of light. Yeah. So we, you know, there is that message that coming together and being supportive of each other is how we're going to all get through any difficult time that we have
0: again the blue christmas service is coming up on thursday december 21st seven o'clock right and as you mentioned uh kathy the uh, doors will be open up uh, early if folks want to uh talk and yeah. mm-hmm. uh, share and uh, yep. gather open at
2: six thirty, and then there'll be a time afterwards if folks just want to hang around have a cup of hot chocolate and talk to each other. Yeah,
0: And uh, throughout the season or really any time, if folks are struggling and need help, there are resources uh, available.
3: Yes. All you need to do is call or text 988 and let them know where you live, and they will get you to the resources in your community. And, of course, you can always reach out to Family Resource Center, but that's 988 is a 24-7 line.
0: Again, part of our conversation with Amber Wolfram, the Family Resource Center, and Kathy Davis, Associate Pastor at St. Andrew's United Methodist Church, about dealing with the difficult emotions of a blue Christmas, the blue Christmas service at St. Andrew's happening this evening. And we have more information about it linked up at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net. And as we mentioned, I think we would all do well to remember this joyous time of year. Take a moment, remember that there are some who are you know not so holly jolly that uh, the season is not so merry and bright for a variety of reasons and that's okay too <laughs> Well as we mentioned yesterday more deadly heart attacks happen during the week of Christmas than at any other time of the year. It is one more reason why everyone should know what to do in the event of a cardiac event, specifically the skill of hands-only CPR. So joining us this morning is uh, Dr. Mikhail Varshavsky, uh, widely known uh, on social media as Dr. Mike, where he has more than 25 million followers. So Let's recap a little bit here. First of all, why are there more heart-related events during the holidays? Kind of explain this here.
5: Yeah, Chris. What happens during the holidays is kind of a unique culmination, the perfect storm, if you will, of events that put strain on the heart. First of all, you get relatives that come into town, arguments, debates start happening. Right. That creates stress. Then you're consuming foods that are usually fattier, usually foods that have higher salt, in them, which puts a strain on the heart. Then if it's snowing or there's a storm outside, you're going out, you're shoveling, perhaps you weren't doing much exercise before, that puts a strain on your heart. All of those things culminate into the perfect storm of mega stress on your heart, which can predispose you to having either a heart attack or a cardiac arrest where your heart completely stops. And that's when we need to jump into action.
0: So what are the symptoms that we need to be watching for?
5: For a heart attack, what you want to be on the lookout for is pressure in the center of your chest, on the left side of your chest, perhaps radiating to your back, to the left side of your body, like your arm or your jaw. Uh, This can happen in combination with sweating, nausea, shortness of breath, feeling like you need to sit down. If that happens, that's a call for help right away. You want to get 911 dialed as quickly as possible because that early time is when we can intervene. So you want to make sure that if you're having those symptoms, call. It's better be safe than sorry in these scenarios.
0: Right. So how do we know if uh, we we mentioned hands-only CPR as being a very important skill to know, but it's not always appropriate? How do we know whether or not CPR is the right thing to do?
5: CPR is the right thing to do when someone doesn't have a pulse. That means their heart has stopped. So if someone is talking, if they're breathing, we know they have a pulse. So if someone's unconscious and then you try and feel for a pulse and you don't feel one, that's time to jump into action. Meaning, number one, you want to call for help. You want to get that 911 dialed as quickly as possible. And if you can't do it, you got to nominate someone who can. You can't just scream, hey, someone call 911. Because usually then, no one does. So nominate someone or dial yourself. Next, you want to put one hand on top of the other and push hard and fast in the center of the chest to the tune of "Staying Alive. It's a good song, but also has 100 beats per minute tempo, which is about the pace that you should be performing CPR. The reason you're doing this CPR while you're waiting for help is because you're squeezing the heart by pushing on the chest and circulating blood that still has some remaining oxygen in it throughout the body to your vital organs, buying that person time in order for help to arrive.
0: So you talk about the procedure of hands-only CPR. I can hear people saying, well, I've not had any formal training uh, on this. Is that something that is required, or is it just as simple as the way you lay it out?
5: Extra training is always recommended. That's great. Uh, You know, take a class, take a BLS class, get certified. I fully support that. But really, anyone know how to do hands-only CPR. And it's a simple two-step process. We actually have CPR kiosks with a mannequin attached to them in airports throughout the country where if you're traveling, you might see those practice, learn the proper form, get that extra training in. You might even see my face on there (laughs) guiding you throughout the process. That whole uh that whole CPR kiosk uh journey is supported by the Elephant's Health Foundation. That's really exciting. But in reality, everyone needs to know how to do hands-only CPR. It's simple. You don't need to be certified. And the reason why it's so important is that the majority of cardiac arrests happen outside of a formal hospital setting. That means at the dining room table, on the street, in the garage. And that's where you need to jump into action, perform CPR until help arrives. Because what you're doing is buying them time in order for those first responders to get there to administer advanced cardiac life support and truly save their
0: lives. Of course, we also would be remiss if we didn't talk about prevention. What are some heart-healthy steps that everyone can take, not just for the coming week, but really throughout the winter especially? Well, the great
5: thing about these heart healthy tips is that they're healthy for just about every organ in your body. And that starts with paying a visit to your primary care doctor like myself. Get your numbers checked. Check your blood pressure, your cholesterol, your blood sugar. These are all things that impact your heart health and your health in general and are very modifiable. Maybe your doctor can give you some lifestyle changes. Maybe they can give you a medication, but all very treatable and therefore decreasing your risk of having one of those heart attacks. Second is making sure you get adequate rest. If you're an adult, seven to nine hours is a great uh, aim to shoot for. But you want to make sure that if you're shorting sleep, you're not shorting sleep many days in a row for weeks on at a time. Because when you do that, you start functioning on fight or flight mode, adrenaline mode. So your heart is not getting that rest and repair that it needs in order to function optimally. You also want to be mindful of your diet. You want to consume a diet rich in whole foods, vegetables, fruits, lean sources of protein like fish, chicken, maybe alternative sources of protein like legumes. That's really smart. Then my favorite is getting 150 minutes of physical activity, moderate physical activity throughout the week. That's only 30 minutes five times a week. That will go a long way to giving you benefits, not just for your heart, but your brain, your libido, just about every organ in your body will get a benefit from that exercise. And the final one is to get rid of those bad habits. If you're smoking, quit. If you're drinking, either quit or drink in moderation. Those are the things that are going to keep you heart healthy all holiday season and all year long.
0: Dr. Mikhail Varshawski, you know him on social media as Dr. Mike with us on behalf of the American Heart Association, and their website has a lot of great information on all of this, right?
5: Yeah, the AHA has some really great tips. All you have to do is visit heart.org slash nation to learn more and become a CPR champion. Learn CPR. Tell your friends or family because you too can save a life in an
0: emergency. Dr. Mike, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, and as always, stay happy and healthy.
5: This is Good Mornings
6: with Chris Oakes on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert.
0: Have you ever had one of those uh, Christmas gifts that you buy that uh, just goes wrong? <laughs> I think we've all had uh, that experience. Um this is. Um, I'm not sure where uh, this is. This is. This was a story that was shared uh, online uh, about a family who spent ten thousand dollars on what they thought were vouchers to visit Disney Park, you know, Walt Disney World. Go to, you know, a family vacation to Disney. Pull out all the stops. Go all out. Ten thousand dollars on vouchers for a, a Disney vacation. But by mistake, they actually purchased vouchers for Disney Plus, the streaming service. $10,000 worth. Andy Custin uh, posted the story on TikTok about her parents who intended to use the uh, gift cards, the vouchers they bought for tickets and restaurant reservations and all of that for their Disney vacation, but selected the wrong cards at checkout when they purchase the uh, cards they actually bought would allow the Coston family to stream Disney content online for some 70 years. <laughs> well, at least they have plenty of Disney entertainment. They just won't be able to go to the park. Streaming for $10,000. Uh <laughs> And he says we were in disbelief when we figured out what they had done. My dad and I just laughed and felt deflated at the same time. There is a happy ending to the story though. The uh the House of Mouse actually came through and and made the family's wishes come true. Disney representatives contacted the family when they heard about the mix-up to exchange the Disney Plus $10,000 in Disney Plus streaming vouchers for actual real park voucher vouchers, so they they are going to get their Disney vacation uh, after all. But for a few moments, can you imagine the disappointment? <laughs> well, I guess we can stream Disney Plus for 70 years. Elsewhere we're in the uh, broken news, speaking of uh, Christmas, apparently the Grinch is hard at work in Allentown, Pennsylvania. A viral video showing a UPS truck getting booted while it was on its delivery rounds has drawn an investigation from the chair of the local parking authority there in Allentown. <laughs> they booted a UPS truck. Uh fortunately the boot was eventually removed but the chairman of the Allentown Parking Authority Ted Zeller uh tells local news reporters the entire thing is inexcusable he says that UPS does have multiple unpaid parking tickets in the city but keeping a delivery driver from his work especially at Christmas time is not the appropriate action <laughs> So all of the kids are going to get there their Christmas deliveries, their Christmas toys delivered in <laughs> time. But there were some anxious moments, I'm sure. UPS truck got booted. <laughs> Can you imagine being the driver, coming out and making a delivery, and only to find that your, your truck's been booted? Now what do you do? Yeah. In other broken news, uh, Slim Jim wants its car back. The uh, customized, have you ever seen the Slim Jim auto... It, it's like the Wiener mobile for Oscar Mayer, but with Slim Jim, you know, the uh, jerky company. Uh, they have a customized yellow and orange Nissan Z that promotes the Slim Jim brand, and it was reported missing on Saturday. <laughs> the car, uh, nicknamed Fast Meat, was on a Chicago to Los Angeles tour in conjunction with uh, World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE. Uh, and it was stolen in the Los Angeles area. The LAPD is asking anyone with information about the car to call their department or go online to crimestoppers.org. <laughs> Why would you steal the Slim Jim mobile? I mean, it would be like stealing the Wiener mobile. You can't hide that thing. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty conspicuous. Somebody's going to notice something, I would think. Stay tuned. We'll definitely follow up on the story. Here's hoping Slim Jim gets its car back. Meanwhile, speaking of things that were stolen, uh, things getting stolen that are going to be hard to hide or hard to fence, in Georgetown, Kentucky, police are seeking help in locating two people who stole the Frisch's Big Boy statue in front of the restaurant there in Georgetown last month. You've been to a big boy restaurant, right? They have these big, huge fiberglass statues of of big boy out front of the stores. Somebody, two people, ripped it off uh, back in November. Police have released video, security video, showing two people in a U-Haul pulling up and loading the 230-pound statue into the truck. Police believe the suspects may have... (laughs) That's, That's the other thing, actually. Rented a vehicle to do this. So you got to think that there's some record of this, right? I mean, (laughs) go and check all the Utah U-Haul records, people who have, who have rented these things. (laughs) Uh, Police believe the suspects may have unbolted the statue before it was stolen to allow for a quick escape. So they probably came, unbolted it, and then came back later and, uh, and stole it. It is unclear if the theft is related to another big boy stolen in Louisville. Earlier in the month of November, anyone with information is being asked to call police. <laughs> How do you unload a Fritsch's Big Boy statue? These things are like seven feet tall. How do you want? Un- <laughs> what are you going to do with it? I don't know. It's just weird. And the things that people will steal is just amazing. And finally, in the uh, broken news, and we know this is big travel season, uh, beware that there are certain things that you cannot take through airport security. You should know this. People should know this by now. TSA agents at LaGuardia Airport, New York, say they have confiscated bullets they found hidden in a diaper. <laughs> Happened uh, yesterday morning. <laughs> bullets. Hidden in a baby diaper. Agents say 17 bullets, to be exact, were hidden inside a disposable baby diaper in a man's carry-on bag. Uh, The man from Arkansas said he didn't know how the bullets got inside his bag, and he suspected his girlfriend must have put them there. That's nice. Throw your girlfriend under the bus. (laughs) That's, (laughs) That's a good way to start off your... Uh, holiday travel on the right note. Uh, the a man has been cited with unlawful possession of the nine millimeter ammunition. I don't know if they found a gun. The story doesn't say that they found a gun. They just found they found bullets <laughs> hidden inside a baby diaper. <laughs> uh. That would be a uh. Uh real explosive uh, diaper there in more ways than one with that child. You know what I'm saying. There you go. Uh, so this is today's update of the uh, broken news, the odd and unusual side of the headlines for this Thursday morning. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming.
7: It's a musical tradition. Chip Davis, the founder and musical director of Mannheim Steamroller, presents a coast-to-coast broadcast of Mannheim Steamrollers' An American Christmas.
1: Chip Davis of Mannheim Steamroller here. Join us for all the warmth, music,
6: and happiness of an old-fashioned American Christmas. An American Christmas begins Christmas Eve at 5 p.m. on 1330, WFIN, WFIN WFIN.com, and 95.5 FM.
7: And
0: now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. it appears a simpler celebration is the in thing this year. In a recent survey of two thousand adults who celebrate Christmas, four out of ten, forty percent are planning to downsize their celebration this year and um, various ways of doing that um from setting limits when it comes to seasonal spending to making do with the decorations from Christmas past and not adding to the uh, the Christmas uh, decorations. And this uh, survey, 51% are cutting their budgets this year, but they don't want to compromise too much. 16% of parents say they are, have decided to not get gifts for each other so that they can spend more on the kids. in the survey are putting a stop to buying presents for people outside of their immediate family. So, no shopping for gifts for all of the aunts and uncles and cousins and everything else. Um, 18% will not be sending Christmas cards this year. I was a little surprised that wasn't even more. Uh, I know my wife and I, we haven't sent Christmas cards in, in years. And we get... Uh, a whole lot less than what we used to. I just don't think Christmas cards are as big a thing in the electronic age as they used to be. Twenty percent are putting a present limit in place. Fifty um, percent, exactly half, will be will be doing when it comes to uh, shopping for like the big meal. Fifty uh, percent will be doing their festive big shop at a budget supermarket think Aldi or something along those lines, so that they can make their money go further. And when it comes to that Christmas dinner, the big the big meal, uh, one out of 10, uh, 10% say they're buying a smaller turkey, and 8% are opting for a cheaper alternative. And now finally this morning, I think this is the coolest thing ever. They are coming literally from all over the country to fight like a girl. Findlay High School hosting their second annual fight event is the Findlay Invitational Girls High School Wrestling Tournament. Uh, and it happens today and tomorrow. Last night on the Coach's Corner, John Marshall spoke with coaches Ben Curian and Lance Baker.
6: Some may not realize that girls wrestling at the high school level is a thing.
0: You've had a
6: team, what, now three years?
7: Yes, yeah, third season.
6: And the OHSA sanctioned its uh, first state tournament last year, and you hosted this event for the first time a year ago.
8: What gave you the idea to say there's a place for this this sort of an event? We've always wanted to run a, a large-scale tournament. So when we decided we were going to take on a girls program, we decided we are going to do it right. Um, So we took our love for the sport of wrestling in general and then decided we were going to try to build this great girls' event and showcase the town of Finley and and Finley City Schools. And and this year we're showcasing the University of Finley too because we moved the venue there.
6: It's not just a few teams within a fairly short bus drive or even within the state.
8: The fight after just one year has grown to involve how many teams this year? Uh, it was supposed to be 72. We're at like 65. We had a couple teams pull out this week because the level of intensity is a little bit more than than they thought their teams were ready for after going to first competitions this year. Well, understood. So, yeah, uh, yeah, we, we understood, and, and we're glad we have that reputation for being a, uh, a showcase hammer event. Some of those uh, teams that are coming are bringing just a handful
6: of wrestlers, mostly from the, the greater distances. But you have quite a few teams
8: that are bringing kind of the whole contingent, right? Yeah, we have teams anywhere between one girl and I believe one of the teams is bringing 27. (laughs) um, Because we're allowing extras. We wouldn't do it in a guys' event, but the girls' events right now are still... The the best teams are just so deep with top-level talent, and we want to have the best girls' wrestling, period. So we treat it kind of like an open event in that kind of aspect. We're very excited. I mentioned that it has already grown
6: quite a bit. That being the case... You had to find that bigger venue, and you found just the right hall to hold it just, just a couple of miles away at the University of Findlay. How, how did
8: you make that work? We finished last year's fight, and the first thing we all said we, we need to be able to get a bigger space. Um, we could have done it back at Finley High School again this year with the numbers we have. But in terms of long-term growth, we wanted to move on a venue as soon as possible. We wanted to start getting out there and recruiting teams as soon as possible. Um, and, you know, Sean Nelson's been been great and very welcoming, and so has uh, Mr. Gibbons. Jim Gibbons has been very very helpful as well. We're really excited to work with them all this weekend.
6: But Finley High School is still the host of the event.
8: Correct, correct. We're, we're working cooperatively with... Uh, the University of Finley wrestling team is going to work the tables tomorrow, so it's a little bit of a partnership. But, yeah, it's our event. We're doing a little bit of a partnership with the universities to throw some love their way. It's the week before Christmas. Why this week? Um, part of it was venue. It's <clears throat> and, and we do like the weekend. The only problem it's running into on the venue is that uh, for our teams that are flying in, the travel costs are astronomical. Oh, right. So, like, Liberty, Arizona is flying in on a red-eye tomorrow morning. Their plane gets in at 426 in the morning. They're driving down. They're going to do a warm-up, shake off the rust travel, they're gonna wrestle through the whole tournament, spend the night in a hotel in Finley, and then after Friday night gets done, they're heading back and catching another red eye out. So but I mean but for teams to be willing to do that. It uh, tells you what how good of an event we put on the first year and what everybody thinks it's going to be.
6: You'd be happy to have a good crowd of spectators for all of these ma- matches. So let's get down to the specifics. When do you get girls on the mats for the first matches? Two p.m. start time. And how many mats are you going to have running at any given time? We got nine going tomorrow. And when do you anticipate you're going to be starting the championship bouts?
8: <clears throat> That's a great question. Last year, I think we started the championship bouts. Um, I think around two or three o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. But we're going to be we're going to run faster this year because we have we have a bigger venue. Um, and I think we're going to get more wrestling done on day one. And no, normally I know a tournament would say, like, hey, we're going to have finals at this particular time. Uh, but we're trying to respect the teams that are traveling pretty far. Like uh, today, uh, Cumberland Valley was at the university. They worked out this this afternoon. They drove six and a half hours. Um, there's a team from Colorado that I think they're driving 22 hours straight here. They're getting in tonight. They're wrestling tomorrow, wrestling. And then they're driving 22 hours straight back to Colorado. So, you know, trying to help. These teams out, let them get on the road earlier, we're, we're going to push the time.
6: Now, while you want to make this a premier event for all those involved, the goal certainly is to give your own girls a chance to compete against some high-level competition.
7: Yeah, I mean, we had, what, five go to Fargo in the last two years? So go out to Nationals. Our girls have gotten big matches everywhere. We had four down at State and three alternates, so our girls have been seeing these big matches for the last two years ben's tried to build a schedule for them to be ready for for state for regional
6: so let's turn our attention specifically to your girls can you give us the lowdown on your team who's going to be taking part and what you expect
7: yeah we're missing two of our best wrestlers uh, riley tolsky is out and so is uh, kate simmons but laney oliver two-time state runner-up is back fargo all-american she'll be wrestling this weekend um Olivia Gill, who was a state alternate first last year, and I think her two losses were to the champion in third place to yeah. not make it out, so tough tournament. She's 4-1 and one on the season right now and looking to have a good weekend. Emmy Kate was a state qualifier. She's wrestling this weekend. Uh, Julia Bolenbacher, state alternate, last year as a freshman, first-year wrestler. So we've got a good team. I think I honestly think we've got a top-five team in the state right now for our girls. So to recap,
6: the Finley Invitational Girls High School Tournament happening at the Kaler Center at the University of Finley campus. Again, bouts get underway 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and then on Friday at 10 a.m. Congratulations on getting this event off the ground last year and really starting to make it soar
8: this year. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. Uh,
0: This is a terrific uh, event. I just think it's so cool that coming in literally from all over the country, Arizona, Colorado, Virginia, they're going all over the... did you catch that? the team from Colorado driving 22 hours. 22 hours on the road to come in for this event in Findlay today and tomorrow. Uh, it is the uh, Fight, the Findlay Invitational Girls High School Wrestling Tournament uh, happening at the Kaler Center. And uh, here's to, all. like John was saying a little bit earlier, uh, to, to start off, I think there are a fair number of people who didn't even realize that girls wrestling at the high school level is even a thing but it is and to have one of the premier events in the nation right here flag city usa is pretty darn cool and for any of those girls wrestlers that might be in the audience this morning welcome to finley hope you have a wonderful stay and that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage, goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, the latest economic data says we're heading into 2024 on a very positive note, but many of us just aren't feeling it. Take a closer look at bank rate surveys on the outlook of average Americans the new year so until tomorrow morning that is good mornings for this morning now that you've had a good morning going out and making a good day we'll catch you back here tomorrow